I'm privileged to be here today to be speaking <laughs> for the third year in a row. I don't know whether it's sad or it's... it's, it's <laughs> yeah, so for the third year in a row, I'm here again. <laughs> Who knows, maybe next year. <laughs> maybe next year I won't be here, I don't know. We thank God for today. How many of us are happy to be here? Everybody. Hey, Randy. <laughs> Why are you bored? <laughs> we thank God for today. I'm also happy to be here. It's a privilege to be here, to stand here or to sit here. I think it's a privilege. Let's, let's clap for God. Today, our, our topic is very simple, very straightforward. It's things that we already know, but we may or may not be doing. So we are going to talk about how to be a master soul winner. How to be a master soul winner. Um, let's just zoom in straight to Mark 16, verse 15 to 18. Mark 16. So we know about soul winning. We've been talking about soul winning. Uh, I think most of us here don't come for evangelism. And that's today you hear from me. Because the evangelism, Charlie, looks like it's for a selected few. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Um, it's supposed to be for everybody. So soul winning is a very key thing in the kingdom of God. It's something that is vital. Something that we can't do without. Okay, so this is the ESV version. So this is the Great Commission before Jesus Christ left. There's something that he said, his last words before he was taken to heaven. So normally if you realize, those who did literature, a little bit of literature, people's last words, their testaments and their will is taken very seriously. So Jesus' last words should be taken very seriously. That is our mandate. And he said to them, go into all the world, and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Next. Alright. Anyway, I'm happy that you are giving me what? Hebrew or something. Uh, it's also good. It's good enough. So, um, okay, let me just read from here. And he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he, be and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. And they shall speak with new tongues. And they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. So this, this, this few verses... It's a whole sermon. I don't remember those who were here. Or I don't know those who were here the last time. When I think it was Pastor or uh, Pastor PJ, one of them. Our pastor or Pastor PJ, one of them. I was talking about the chapter 18 where they said if they drink a deadly poison. Where there was this guy in the US. I think it was the US. Who for him, he decided to make it when instead of if. And they drank and they all died. Charlie, we beg. Don't be stupid. Sorry. <laughs> we beg. But be wise. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't try and test. Don't test the Holy Spirit. You, you understand? Don't test the Holy Spirit. So this is a great commission. This is what God gave us. 
And these were his last words. And we have to follow it. So if you go to soul winning, what is soul winning? Soul winning is my definition. It's snatching a person's soul from the clutches of hell into the kingdom of God permanently. So this one, the thing is that if you are not for Christ, you are already for the devil. The standard, there's no middle ground. So you can't be like, oh, me, I don't go to church, but I don't do bad things. So you are either for the light or in the darkness. There's no gray area. That's what some people get wrong, but um, it's fine. People live in their own fantasies, how they feel good. Sometimes you feel good when you think that, okay, you don't want to be too up there. You come to that. You don't want to be too up there. Criff. They call you church girl or Christian girl or church boy or Christian boy. So you don't want to be too up there. So you try and stay in the middle ground. Like you you not sin. But then sin is a nature. Sin is not an action only. Your actions and your nature can be sinful. So you can just exist and be a sin by your existence. Be a sin. But by getting your soul into Christ, you become born again. So that's where you go to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his holy begotten son. You all know that. Whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. There's no condition to the everlasting life. So it's not by your words. It's not by your actions. It's not by your deeds. It's by Christ dying for you and giving it freely. Salvation was given freely. So now that the salvation has been given freely to all of us here, I believe everybody here is saved, right? Everybody here is saved. Can I see by hands those who are not saved? <laughs> those who are not saved. So I don't need to do any altar call today, right? That's why we are saying. That's fine. We thank God. Less work to be done today. So we are all saved, right? So now that you are saved, the salvation is not only for you. The kingdom of God is too big. You can all occupy there and still, Charlie, it will be fine. More than fine. It's not like, oh, I'm there, so I don't want my sister to be there. So I'm not going to evangelize to them so that they are also saved. Sometimes you look at somebody and you're like, Charlie, this person is wicked. He has to die and go to hell. <laughs> Sometimes it's true. Ah, you realize that somebody has killed somebody and then all of a sudden the person has repented. And the person is dying and will go to heaven. Ah, why? It's not fair. But once again, it's not about fairness. It's about justice. God is just. God is not fair. That's another topic. But we know that God is just. And the just God in him has given the salvation to everybody. He who has sinned and he who has not sinned. Anybody. So the sin is not about levels. Some people say that when you murder, it's a bigger sin. When you lie, it's a smaller sin. So we have graded our own sins. Oh, this guy, he deserves to be in heaven. Oh, it's just a small lie. This guy, he killed. He doesn't deserve to be in heaven. He's the big one. But it's not like that. So before I move on to the actual message, I just want to debunk or tell you some facts or some things that you already know, some random things about soul winning that maybe we know or we may not know. Okay. So as I've already said, soul winning is a priority of the kingdom. It's the number one priority of the kingdom. If we buy chairs, if we buy drums, if we give offering, if we do everything, we go to our new auditorium, we build a big one, and we don't win souls. Everything is a waste. You have to know that. Everything that the church is doing has to come down to winning souls. Not a soul, souls. You have to multiply. So the multiplication of the soul helps the church to stand. So as you mean every day we come to church. So this is our number now, right? 
we don't add up to the number. And then we keep growing, and then we are dying. So the older ones die, they go off, then we keep dying, and we go off. Imagine, even you who might be at the bottom, you will leave the church, because it will be like, ah, nah, there's no future here. Because everybody's dying and nobody's coming. So we need us to ensure continuity of the church. And because Christ knows that people are going to be born and people are going to die, we have been commissioned to keep winning souls. It doesn't end. It's not like, oh, I found Christian village, I'm done. It never ends. It's a commission that is eternal. So from start to end of life, we have to win souls. Amen. <clears throat> Soul winning, this one is key. Soul winning is not only for the evangelists. So as, I, as I've already said, on Friday evangelism or Saturday evangelism, it's for a selected few. That's how we make it seem. Maybe some four or five people, constants. But every other person, I don't know what we do on Saturdays, but you may have your work and all that. But just know that the soul winning is not just for the evangelist. Even though there are some people who are called to be evangelists, but soul winning is not just for the evangelist. Evangelism is, let me say, a starting point of soul winning. As Pastor said last week, the soul winning is not just about talking to the person and leaving the person. You have to nurture the person. You have to help the person to grow. You understand? You understand? Oh, you understand? Should I change my language? I don't know. I can speak that too if you want. But maybe, am I talking too fast? Yeah, we thank God. So soul winning is not just for the evangelist. The evangelist is there, all right. But you have to do your part. You understand? You don't just stay at home when it's time for evangelism on Saturday. At least the evangelism is the starting point, as I, as I said. It's not the full package of soul winning. It's just where you start from. Soul winning is a whole process. You have to nurture the person. And the person has to be very um, planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. Anyone who dies without Christ is damned forever. Can we go to Revelation chapter 20 verse 15? Revelation 20 verse 15. So anyone who dies without Christ is damned forever. This is where the argument comes. That, okay, the people in the church are the ones who are even sinning more. People will say that even Akufado is building a cathedral, but Charlie, see what he's doing. But that's not it. As I said, sin is a nature. It's not just your actions. And if anyone's name was not found in, or was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown in the lake of fire. As I said, no gray area. There's no argument. It's not like in heaven you're going to say, oh, see, it doesn't matter your works. So far as you don't have Christ, you can build churches. You can feed pastors. You can do whatever you want to do. Forget it. Straight hell. Go gym, straight so there's no argument over there. It is clear that if you are not saved, you go straight to hell. So my question is, are you going to sit there to look, for, to look at your brother or your sister to suffer this eternal, eternal damnation? Sorry. Are you going to sit there to look at your brother or your sister? Or are you going to make sure they are saved? If I were you, in my family, Charlie, I'll be crying for them. I'll be praying for them. If there's anyone not saved in your family, it, it won't be a nice scene that you alone, you are in heaven, and then your family is somewhere thrown into the lake of fire. It shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case. At least start from your home and then broaden it. Amen. Okay, so teaching and training 
and mentorship of the sheep is also part of soul winning. So the evangelism, planting the seed. So people plant seed, people water. This is all in the Bible. People plant, people water, and all that. Planting the seed is part. Watering, nurturing, growing. It's also part of soul winning. And it's something that we have to take very seriously. So what happens nowadays is that as Christians, what we do is we go around, we win the soul, and then we move on. We don't do follow-ups. We don't check up on them. I'm sure that at least most of us here have been to evangelism before, right? Even if not in Grace Army Church, maybe anywhere else. Most of us here have been to evangelisms. And once you have the person's number, even me myself, I'm a corporate sometimes. There's this guy here that I've been thinking about that he gave me his number some time ago. I need to go and see him. I think it's God who is reminding me that that guy over there, you forgot him. But that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to follow up on the people. And you're supposed to also help them. Because there are some people that will hear the word and you tell them that go to a Bible-believing church. They may or may never find a Bible-believing church or they may or may never think that any church that they find is a Bible-believing church. You have to try and convince them and bring them into your church, Grace Army Church. Another thing, so winning is not about going into another church and bringing their members to your church. That one, I don't even know the time to give to it, but Charlie, it's really annoying. So imagine this church coming to Grace Army and telling you, okay, all of us should go to their church. It's the same thing that you also feel when you go to their church and you think that they should also move to your church. The only reason you should do that is if doctrinally or biblically their doctrines are wrong and you think that, okay, this church is not a church because what they are preaching is not gospel, then that one probably you can try and win the person into your church. But if the church is preaching the same message and let's say you're going to Lighthouse, Lighthouse, come to my church. Every morning you're going to wake them up, come to my church, come to my church. Charlie, yeah, bro. But that's how it is. That's how we've made it seem. So people go around and win other church members and then take as I've won this soul. You are not increasing the kingdom. You are just you are just balancing it. You are just moving church to church. You are not increasing us. So we beg, Charlie. Try and win souls who are not won. If somebody's in the church that you think you need to nurture, that one is another thing. That one, the nurturing is a different process. But it doesn't count as a fresh soul worn. You understand? Amen. Amen. How many of us are sleeping? <laughs> we are sleeping. Pages, we back. All right. So now to the main topic. How to be a master soul winner. How to be a master soul winner. The first thing that you need to know about soul winning, which is a big problem for a lot of youth, let me put it that way, because the adults, most of the adults, they don't really care. They don't have nothing. They don't have anything to lose. But the first thing is that you have to be unashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16. You have to be unashamed of the gospel. When I say unashamed of the gospel, it means that with your bare chest or your bare whatever, you are willing to accept that you are a Christian and that Jesus is the one that you are following. Yeah. Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. Yes. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greeks. 
All right. The problem we have nowadays is that, as I said earlier, we don't want to be seen to be Criff or church boy or church girl. So we try to mingle with the world and then stay like, oh, try me when it comes to clubbing, I'm there. When it comes to church, I am there, but I won't let them know that this is my level of Christianity. If I were you, especially those who are like um, traders or those who own their shops, if I were you, I'll paste something that will show that I'm a Christian, some Bible verse, something. It's also a form of soul winning, if you understand. Because when people come and they see how good you are doing, even talking about this, I just remembered. Unless maybe your attitude is bad. <laughs> we beg you. Because <laughs> if your attitude is bad and you've pasted Bible scriptures all over your world, Charlie, you are, you are ugu animasi. We beg you. But yes, as a Christian, you should have a good attitude. As you, let, you should let the world know that this is what you stand for. So paste it as a banner. If you have your own shop, try and let people know that you're a Christian. Don't, don't try and hide it. Because you yourself, you know what you have been doing. So you know that when you paste the, the thing there, and they come and they listen to the kind of songs you are also playing to be like Charlie. What is this and what is this? It doesn't match. That's why we are ashamed of the gospel. That's why to show that you are ashamed of the gospel. Because you are willing to put, let's say, Shatawali or Drake or somebody ahead of the word of God. You are willing to live your life as a worldly person to be accepted by the world rather than live your life as a Christian and let the world follow you. That's how it's supposed to be. So I urge us all to be not ashamed of the gospel. Some people are even ashamed to say that they are going to church. Sometimes even let's say Thursday service, if you are coming and they ask you, where are you going? Oh, I'm just checking something here, I'll be back. But you are coming to church, but you are ashamed that they will say that, oh, every time you go to church. But it shouldn't be the case. For me, I believe that Christ is something to boast about. It's something to let the world know. Unless you think you yourself, you are not a testimony. Even waking up is a testimony. Your life is an evangelistic nature. By walking, by being alive, by talking, by eating, everything you do is a form of evangelism. And you must let the world know that this is who you are and this is what you stand for. Amen. Amen. How many of us will let the world know now that we are Christians? Can I see by hands? I know that you are not ashamed. <laughs> Even if you are ashamed now, it is going. We will pray for you. Amen. So the first point, I've said it, be unashamed of the gospel. The second point is that you have to be selfless. And the selfless too is a broad topic. It's very broad. All your prayers is give me, give me God. God, give me, God, give me. God, do for me. Everything you are doing is me, me, me. Me, 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 me. Never them. Me, me, me. See, sometimes even when we tell people that come and let's pray for Grace Army Church, they won't come. Because it's not for them. But when we say come for prophecies, people will be here an hour before. They'll be waiting. It's all good. It is good to have the good things from God. It's good to pray that God give me this. Give me a car. Give me that. But in the end, you will still make it to heaven, all right? Because you're a Christian. 
you are saved, John 3.16. But, what did you add to the kingdom? You only added your car, that, that one cry, you are still ashamed to show that you are a Christian. That's the only thing that you did. And it was you alone. It was me, me alone. Last time, pastor was saying that there are sometimes when people are about to die, and the, the angels go like, God, this person is about to die. Should we save the person? God would be like, ah, Charlie, let this person go. What is this person doing for me? God, this person is draining the kingdom. All this person is doing is taking from the kingdom. You are not adding up. You are a liability. Exactly. to go into accounting but <laughs> I stopped when he said liability because liabilities are negatives you are only taking out you are not adding to the kingdom of God all, all you are doing is taking for yourself sometimes just spend time nowadays we do pray for Ghana and even with that we don't pray with the intensity that you do when we are praying for ourselves if you realize that your school fees is up Charlie you are crying and weeping if you realize that your landlord is about to evict you, you are crying and weeping. If you are paying for your exams results, you are crying and weeping because you know they will paste it. <laughs> hmm. But when it comes to praying for souls, we are not there. I remember the first time we had the mini crusade down there, there were a couple of people who came. Juanita was there, yeah, I remember. Janita was there. A lot of people were there. The first day. It was very nice. And it was very encouraging. Koku and James are not here today to (laughs) talk about this. But sometimes if you don't come, it becomes difficult for the few to carry. Because it becomes a little demotivating. I can tell you that if we ask us that, okay, let's go into a village somewhere when we were on campus, we used to do that. We used to go to the villages and evangelize. You'll be there for two weeks. So you just evangelize to people. You win souls. Sometimes you go to the extent of even establishing a church over there. There are things that we've done. But Saturday, we ask or we even plead that spend just two hours, 8 o'clock to 10 a.m. There are some people who have never made it. Never, ever, ever, ever made it. But it's fine. I don't know your shadow. Maybe you are busy. It's fine. It's between you and God. If you think you are busy, it's between you and God. But then I'll come to another topic that is meant for those who are busy from 8 to 10. And what you should do. It doesn't mean that you should stop there. But as I'm saying, you can't tell me that out of this whole church, even let's take those of us sitting here. Because normally evangelism is about, let's say, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So out of those of us sitting here in the church, only these people are available from 8 to 10 on Saturday. All the people here are busy from 8 to 10. Is that true? Let's be sincere. It's not true. It it can never be true. (laughs) It can never be true. It's not true. (laughs) But that's how it seems. Evangelism has to come with selflessness. You have to know that you need to do something. You have to know that you need to win somebody. You have to know that somebody may be dying who needs you. You may never know. 
your beauty. You just even coming to stand here might attract somebody to church. A person will just see you and be like, hey, Charlie, this church, fine girls, they will make her come. The person will come with an, with an aim to get a fine girl, but will get here and the aim may change. I tell you, I've seen it before several times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen it before several times. There are people who go to church to chase girls. And once they get there, they realize that, mm, yeah, the girl is there, but Charlie, there's a higher calling. Mm. So then they come in and then they start doing wonders. It happens. So let's try. It's very key. Be selfless. Be selfless. Every day you come and you sing, I give myself away. I give myself away. <laughs> so you can use me. <laughs> really give yourself away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really give yourself away so that he uses you well. When he calls you on Saturday, be there. Calls you on Sunday, be there. Calls you on Thursday, be there. Tuesday, be there. Every day you'll be there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I want to stay on this topic, but I'll come back. <clears throat> I didn't read any Bible verse. Eh? Okay, let's move on. The next one is that be assured that God is with you. Be assured that God is with you. Acts 18 verse 9. So we know Paul. Paul, the radical Paul. So Paul was... No, he was very hot. Let me put it that hot-headed. Paul was that kind of person who doesn't take rubbish. Let me put it that way. Paul is a person who his evangelism style or his soul winning style was kind of Rambo style. <laughs> so I've come to you. I've come to preach to you, and now you are doing yourself some way. Ah, Paul is gone. I'm going to the next person. Your, your blood is on your head. That's what he will tell you. Your blood is on your head. Me, I came to you. You didn't accept me. Your blood is on your head. So Paul is that kind of person. But Paul did a lot of work. He established a lot of churches. The church of Corinth and many other churches were established through his evangelistic and soul winning work. And the Lord said to Paul, one night in the vision, do not be afraid. But go on speaking and do not be silent. So Paul was given an assurance. This is one of the reasons why Paul feared nothing. Because he was given the assurance that he shouldn't be afraid of anything or anybody. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Paul is not scared. So Paul is the kind of person who, the first verse that we read in Mark, the Great Commission, if you drink poison, Paul was in that clause. He drank the poison by if, not by when. And through that, he was saved. The people were surprised that Charlie, ah, this guy, which can, is he a God? Like, that's how you should be. Oh. That's how you can be when you decide to be selfless and also decide to know that God is with you. So the reason for this point is that sometimes you live in the area, let's say here, have you heard that there are some gods or some shrines or whatever in the side? So it's like, Charlie, you are scared that, hey, if they see that I'm trying to win souls, Charlie, they'll get me, they'll cut me down. Me that I want to go to university. Me that I want to open my shop. They'll cut me down. So because of that, you are trying to abstain. Abstaining from the word of God. Charlie, this is a serious thing, eh? Abstainers from God's word. (laughs) What a shock. 
So you try and keep yourself away from it because you know that if the people see that you are trying to win souls, they will come after you. They will attack you. And because of that, because you fear the attacks, you are not willing to do anything. But let me let you know that if you are living your life, if you've lived your life, all your life, and you've never been attacked by any enemy or any demon, just know that there's nothing in you. That's, that's, the, that's the bare truth. Because the devil will not attack people who are empty. So if you decide not to fill yourself, if you think that, okay, me, I'm living peacefully. My family people, they are not after me. So that is peace. It may be peace to you, but just know you are empty. You have nothing to offer. That's why nobody's coming after you. They will only come after you if you have something to offer. And you can get something to offer if you decide to commit yourself to evangelism. Once you are evangelizing, you know that God has things for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. Everything will be added unto you. Will be added unto you. So your focus should not be yourself. Your focus should be Christ. And your focus should be that you are going to win a soul, knowing with assurance that God has got your back. Um, so there was this thing that happened. Can we go to the next, uh, the next verse? So Paul, when they, when they realized that Paul was preaching and trying to win souls, they decided to drag him to, I think, Galileo. There was a person over there. I'm with you, blah, 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 blah. Um, the next verse, please. The next verse. The next verse, yeah. So they tried to drag Paul to uh, one of the Roman guys. He's still not here. Let's keep going. Once we get there. They tried to drag Paul to one of the Roman guys. Let's go again. Yeah, here. Galio. Yes. So the Romans or uh, the Jews, they thought Paul was being a nuisance. And it's true. If you decide to evangelize, you are being a nuisance to those who are not in the kingdom with us. You are a nuisance to them because you are winning souls. You are snatching people from hell and bringing them into the kingdom of God. So what they wanted to do was that they wanted to take Paul to Galileo and get some judgment on Paul. So they, they took Paul and took him to Galileo and then went there. And this is what Galileo said. If it were a matter of wrongdoing or vicious crime of Jews, I would have reason to accept your complaint. Next verse. Next verse. But since it is a matter of questions about words and names and your own law, see it to yourself or yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of these things. So Galileo decided to take himself out. If you read the Bible, you realize that the Romans, they didn't really like mingling in Jewish traditional matters because they wanted the, the people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the elders to deal with it themselves because that was not their purpose. They, they came to manage you and then take whatever they want to take. It's like colonization. I didn't come to manage tribalism. That's exactly what he was saying. So he refused to partake in it. And because of that, the people who brought Paul didn't know what to do. But something interesting happened. Can we go to the next verse? Very interesting. When I got there, I was, I was really surprised how this happened out of nowhere. Okay, so he drove them out of the tribunal. Okay, next. 
and they seized Sustains, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal. Have you seen this? Where did we start from? And how did we get here? So now you took Paul to get judgment. Then all of a sudden you catch a random person and beat the person. <laughs> Makes no sense. But Galileo paid no attention to any of this. So see, this is how God protects you. The enemy has tried, or the enemy will try to get judgment from another person against you. But they among themselves will find a sustenance and beat the person in your stead. So you are supposed to be beaten. But the ruler of the synagogue, he wasn't a small person. The whole ruler of the synagogue was beaten. And Paul wasn't beaten. That's how good God is. So Paul went without being afraid. He knew that there's a God with him. And he was doing the work of a master soul winner, which is what we are talking about today. A master soul winner. And because of that, even his beatings were substituted with another person's back. And because of that, he had no beatings. Amen. Okay. So, be assured that God is with you. That's the third point. The next one is that be willing to make time. So, this also comes uh, with the selflessness. Be willing to make time. It's not that be willing to do it on your free time. Be willing to make time. So, there are times that you are supposed to, you know that you're supposed to go to work. You know that you're supposed to go to the market. You know that you're supposed to meet somebody. But you're like, nah, today I'm going to sacrifice this for this soul. Even if you win one soul, just know that you've done something. And that thing is worthwhile. There are some people who are always busy. And we don't even know what they do. That is even the saddest part. You are always busy, but all their business is accompanying people somewhere. Oh, Kojami Wahase, let's go here, let's go here. Then the person is following. <laughs> Kojak Farmer. <laughs> so that's what some people do. We are more busy doing Kojak than busy doing the work of God. But it looks like you've lost the plot or you've lost the path. You were not born on this earth to be giant people. You were born to save souls or to win souls. That should be your number one priority. And your number one priority is the great commission given by Christ. That's his last testament to us. That we should win souls. Go ye therefore to the end of the world everywhere. So even here, we are limiting ourselves. Charlie, we should be in China. We should be in Brazil. We should be in everywhere winning souls. Which is where Grace Army is looking to get to. Oh, don't worry. Money and problem. We'll be going everywhere. That's what we should be doing. And we will win souls, a lot of souls. But you don't wait now. And then when later we say that, oh, we are going to UK to win souls, then now you are, oh, I'm available. <laughs> but when Saturday we call you to come here, you are like, oh, you are busy. That's how sometimes it is. You like the sweet things. You like the flags. The flags in winning souls in Canada. In winning souls in UK. But not Nima or La Paz. You don't like that flex. But I can assure you that there's no flex anywhere. It is all the same work. A soul is a soul. A soul won is a soul gained. Yes, and there's a lot of uh, praise in heaven once you win a soul. So if you are if you are a staunch soul winner, like your your own there is like you are addicted to it. It's like you have some sickness. 
everywhere you go, you are eager to win souls. Those people, they live long, eh? If you go to the Methodist Church and the Pentecost Church and the Presby Churches, those people that they call evangelists, they can live a hundred and something. They live very long. Because why would God let you die? Then you know that this guy is very important to my work. Carbe ball, you'll be alive. You have accident, you'll be alive, Charlie. People will attack, you'll be alive. Hey, oh, I've seen some before. Evangelists, they will have some serious accidents, but they will come out. And they won't even have to go to the hospital. They will come out and just continue on their work. So that's how God takes soul winning and evangelism very seriously. There are benefits to it. Today, I don't want you to like drool over the benefits because that one you will get. Once, once you give to God, he gives back to you a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over and all that shall be given unto you. So you need to be the kind of person who is willing to make time today. Today. Not when we decide to give visas. Today. When we are going to Christian village, make time. Think there are some times that when we have this evangelism, it's quite encouraging. Sometimes it's very encouraging. That one, I'm not going to lie. Because you see a lot of people coming around and you see Grace Army all over the place. I think the time that we went to do the dawn broadcast here, that we came here, it was very encouraging too. Yeah, it was very encouraging. But sometimes it's very depressing. You come and then the same faces. That one, I will not stop saying it. It is true as my message. I've written it everywhere under every topic. So that's why I can't stop saying it. Because... The thing is that the people who will come and carry their stuff downstairs to do the evangelism are the same people who are also going to talk. And then when they finish, they are the same people who carry their stuff up again to do evangelism. Whilst maybe somebody is stretching in bed or scrolling through TikTok or Facebook or something. Sorry. <laughs> so... That's how it should be, beloved, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. The work is not, a, it's not for a selected few. It's not for Shepherd Koku or uh, Shepherd James, Shepherd Moses, Pastor and Pastor's family and Agnes. Yeah, Agnes is always around. Mama Fever is around. Yeah, it's not for a selected few. But, uh, Paula is looking at me. Sometimes you come, but it's not every time. That's the fact. Juanita came once. Sometimes it's not for a selected few, it's for everybody. We all have to be involved, and I can tell you the two hours it won't kill you. Sometimes, when we come, cry, the thing ends so quickly that ah, it's like a flash. You got, you got here eight o'clock, ten, you are leaving. It looks like two minutes, it's like a flash. So, let's learn to make time for this soul winning thing. I know I've, I've mentioned a lot of points, but I still have more. So let's continue. Today we will sleep here. <laughs> the message is very long. Tell your brother we will sleep here today. Pages, we will sleep here today. <laughs> the next one is to learn the gospel or learn the word of God. So who are you or what are you to give what you don't have? You can never give what you don't have if you don't have the word of God in you. And you go to evangelize. One way you cry, you disgrace us. You go and then we ask you, who is Jesus Christ? Hey, let me go and ask my pastor. Who is this? Oh, let me call this person for you. Just say, oh dear, you know nothing. But at least, you should at least know something. You should at least learn the Bible. 
Some people may not even have Bible plans, but I'm not going to hold you for that. You can read at least, make sure a day you are reading something from the Bible. At least every day. It can be one verse, can be three chapters, can be one book, can be two books. At least every day, read and meditate on something in the Word of God. Have the Word in you. Because evangelism, sometimes you meet people who are, they know more than you do. I have people that, okay, I don't want to go into details, but I know people somewhere at a place that I didn't want to mention. There's this guy who has been a Christian for long. Currently, he's not a Christian anymore. I remember one time he told me that it's only Christians whose God was born by a virgin. How is that possible? And believe me, this guy was born into the church. He was raised by a Christian mother. He grew up a Christian in many churches. He has attended Presby. He has attended many churches. But this guy says today, Christianity is stupidity. And the Bible has said it. It is stupidity unto them who do not believe because they know not. So such a person, as you mean you are going to evangelize to such a person? It's not that he doesn't know. He has read the Bible several times. And when you have arguments with him, he can quote things that you you have to go and check. Hey, is this true that this is in the Bible? Because the person knows. He has his armed. And his main reason for leaving the church is because he armed himself. He got to know that, okay, to him, the Bible didn't add up. To him, the stories didn't add up. How was Mary a virgin? It's a lie. How was this that? It's a lie. The guy just lived for 30 years. He didn't even live the full life. Ah, how are you following this guy? That, those are the things that he says. So you should know that this guy is, and he's, he's a grown person. I think he's like 42 or so. So normally, sometimes you are there and they bring up this topic and they start talking about it. That's, how are you people going to church? How are you following this thing? They don't even call it religion or this thing. How are you following this thing? And such a person, you have to meet this person with the word of God. Normally, you don't go there arguing because sometimes you just have to sow the seed and then leave. You don't go there arguing. You are not going to force the person, hey, if you don't believe, we are going to catch you and bring you to the church. It's not like that. People claim that the crusaders did that. They forced people to believe. But uh, that's not what we are doing. Our message is to make sure that people have heard the word of God and also are nurtured to be stable in the church. Once you do that from the start to the end, you found the soul. You can give the word, the person may not come. But once you get the person to come or get the person to be committed and you are able to help the person to be standing on their own feet. So normally, if you win a soul today, by, let's say, next year, you should see some improvement in the person. So the person shouldn't be the same person who is coming to you to pray for them. If so, then, then, then there's a problem. Either there's a problem with you or there's a problem with the person. So if you found a soul and every day you help the person pray for, let's say you are praying for 10 CDs, you are praying for 50 CDs, and still next year you are still helping the soul pray for 10 CDs and 50 CDs, then there's a problem somewhere. That means that either the soul is refusing to grow or you the one who is helping the soul, you are not doing a good job. But either way, there's a problem somewhere. But in all this, you have to learn the word. You have to know the word. Because it is through that that you can feed the soul. Because Paul, as Paul said, was feeding the church, I think the church of Corinth or one of the churches. 
milk and all that because they were too young to take bones. So those are the steps. You start feeding the person with milk. The milk is the word of God. That's why our, our, our beginner's class, the title has milk in it because it's an assumption that you are not coming into Christ. So we need to feed you the basic things like a baby. We have to give you milk and then as you grow, we give you the bones. Amen. Hmm. There's the next point again. This one is what I want. I wanted to hammer on earlier. So those of us who are not able to make time for Saturdays or for any other day that we call, this point is for you. If the right opportunity does not come, you have to create one yourself. So for you, you are busy and you are not able to maybe be in sync with the church's um, soul winning or evangelism calendar, which ideally you are supposed to be in sync because if you are part of the church, then you follow the vision of the church, you follow the mission of the church. But if by one way or the other, you think that you are not able to do that, you have to find an opportunity. So that's where almost everything up that I've spoken about comes together. In order to create the opportunity, you have to be unashamed. You have to be selfless. You have to know the gospel. You have to be assured that you are being protected. Because sometimes people will say that even in Trotsky, if you're sitting in Trotsky, you can share the word with the whole people in the Trotsky or the next person sitting by you. If you are not someone who picks Trotsky to help to make your opportunity, you meet human beings. There's nobody here who doesn't meet human beings. Even on your way here, you meet human beings. You don't have to spend an hour. You don't have to spend 30 minutes. You can spend just five minutes with somebody or two minutes. But at least make sure that the opportunity that the church offered you that you threw away, you are creating another one to make sure that you are also winning souls. Amen. 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 How many of us will do that going forward? Okay. How many of us will now be in sync with the church's evangelism and soul winning calendar? Let me see by hands. Hey, Mary, how be? Donita. Ah, nice. So we've all agreed to be in sync with the church's evangelism or soul winning calendar. So whatever Shepherd Koku brings up, we are going to be there. Midnight will be there. Dawn, we will be there. I believe that. For me, I don't know. I um, Initially, when I started doing this evangelism thing, I remember it was university level 100. I, I naturally, I'm not the kind of person who goes out talking to random people. Naturally, I'm not the kind of person. But what I realized is that talking to new people is actually fun. And it's actually not that complicated. Because you are unashamed. You have no shame. Once you have shame, that's where it starts blocking you. Hey, when you are talking to somebody, you are looking at hey, my dress, my shoe, my this, my that, my earring, my makeup, my whatever. But being unashamed, all these are part of being unashamed. Because you know that it's not as if you are going to present yourself in a, in a ragged way. At least let them know that the Christ you are coming for is a Christ who is not ragged. Old, ragged, cross, whatever, Charlie. It is ragged and gone. Now, you have to show the freshness. Normally, that's why pastor will say that when you are coming for evangelism, dress this kind of way, wear this kind of shirt so that at least you are presentable. But as I, as I was saying, 
doing evangelism helped me a lot. Not just spiritually. It helps you to know how to talk to people. It helps you to know how to, uh, how should I do it? Convince people. Exactly. And it's not through arguments. I've evangelized to Muslims. I've evangelized to traditionalists. In all these experiences, once you take it, it helps you in your own life, in your own business, in your own professional career, in your own studies or whatever you are doing. Because you know that there are different kinds of people in this world. And each person takes a form of different approach to get to them. But once you decide to stay away from people and then be on your own and not evangelize, first of all, you're not getting the spiritual benefits. Secondly, you're not getting the physical benefits of building yourself for your own benefit to help you in your negotiations. Unless maybe you are not looking to be a big person in life. Maybe your aim is to stay down there. Then that one there, Charlie, you are fine. You can continue staying down there and then doing your own little thing. But if you want to do big things, then you have to know how to talk to people. You have to know how to relate with people. And by relations, you can get all these skills from evangelism. Evangelism is a good thing. I'm very happy whenever I have to evangelize because I know that it's a time for me to just talk to somebody. And it is fun. I'm always happy. Whenever they call for evangelism, I'm happy to be here. I know that I've missed a few, but I'm happy to be here and talk to people. It's nice to talk to people. So let, let's try and do that. For, for the kingdom of God, as I said, it's very big for all of us. Even if you multiply the world by 3,000 times, we will all still fit in. So it's not as if your mansion, if you if you tell Isaiah to also come to heaven, Isaiah will come and occupy your mansion too, Charlie. Hey, which kind of selfishness is this? So, all my points are interlinked. I don't know how that happened. But all the points are interlinked. So, making time, creating the opportunity, is also part of being selfless. And the me, 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 the me, 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 is a thing of the parts. You have to put it behind you. You have to seek first the kingdom of God. Seeking first the kingdom is evangelizing. Seeking first the kingdom is seeking to increase the number of people in the kingdom of God. The world is full of people. Evangelism will never end. So winning will never end. It will only end if nobody is born. Nobody, like no fresh baby comes on earth. Then we see that, okay, now there are 50 people on earth. Okay, we count all of them. We evangelize to all of them and then we are done. We know that we are done. Everybody is with us. Everybody has committed themselves to Christ. When they die today, they go to heaven with us. But that is not happening. So far as people are getting married and people are giving birth and people are coming up, Charlie, more babies will be coming. As the babies are coming, you have to position yourself. Win them. There are a lot of people that we see. There's this part, there's this thing that is also very scary. So there are people in churches who are also not Christians. And there are souls that must also be won. That one is quite a dicey area. Because normally those of us who were born into the Orthodox churches. Normally this issue is normally with the Orthodox churches. You may never be a Christian until you die. You may only be a church goer. Because the thing is that you are born into the church. So the time for you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior you may never have one. 
for me, I was scrolling through life. I was going through life, born in a Christian home. I have, I have a lot of Presbyterian pastors in my family. So I believed I was a Christian from birth. But it doesn't happen that way. You are not born as a Christian. It's not a birthright. It is an individual thing. So you are not the son of the Christian father. And hence that makes you a Christian. It doesn't make you a Christian. You only be a Christian on your own accord. Once you accept, you confess, then you are a Christian. So what happens is that sometimes in the Orthodox churches, me for instance, I think it was somewhere in GHS or probably GHS or primary school, primary six, that I actually confessed. So you can see all these years, assuming I died before then, then all my works were filthy, even though I did a lot of things. I was involved in church choreography and stuff and drama. You have no idea <laughs> the, the number of lives I've lived. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was very active in uh, choreography until God called me to another ministry. Then I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So all these works, you are doing them, but they may all not matter to anything. Because you don't have Christ. Because you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you think that being born in the church makes you a Christian, then I beg you. Why You've lost your way. Your way must be found. And the way is one. The way is Christ. The way is not just being in Grace Army Church. The way is not just being a follower of some pastor. But the way is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. So my last point, I've already mentioned it, that be willing to mingle with people. One thing that needs, you need to be a master soul winner is your willingness to mingle with people. So it might be difficult, I know. <laughs> it's not easy for me to mingle with people. But as I said, shameless. You have to be shameless in mingling with people. Doesn't mean that you should go and say anything by heart because you are shameless. But you have to know that you are going in the name of God. You are presenting yourself as a vessel of honor. And with this vessel, you go knowing that you are doing the work of God. And hence, you are unashamed to proclaim the word of God to everybody or anybody. Nobody can kill you. As you saw, they tried to get Paul beaten, but they ended up beating their own guy. So somebody took the lashes of Paul. That's what God will do for you. If you decide to commit and be unashamed and be not afraid, you are going to be protected, you are going to be shielded, and then you are going to have to do a lot of exploits for God. Amen. We are not done though. We are almost there. Let me talk about social media. Where is the very key thing now? I know that most of us are there. There are a few people that have seen their social media and I'm not going to judge you, Charlie. It is your social media. You can do whatever you want there. But I just want to plead with you that when it comes to social media, it's something that reaches wide and it's an easy opportunity for you to put the word of God across. So as you are doing your dances and as you are showing your faces, try and put the word of God across too. Because people have seen your beautiful face and they've seen your beautiful dances. Now let them know, unless the dancing that you are dancing does not praise Christ, then you know that you are ashamed to put the word of God there too. 
But it doesn't matter. The past is the past. You could have done whatever you did. You could have done whatever you did. But going forward, just know that, Charlie, you are a new creation. Even though you are already a new creation. But now on social media, you are a new creation. Let the world see. Let the world know. Once in, once in a while, post some scriptures. Post some messages. People see. Now people spend more time on social media than even having real conversations. So you are able to reach people that you don't even know. Now you go to Twitter, somebody has posted some rubbish and you see 5,000 impressions, 30,000 impressions. You are like, ah. person could have just posted some message or something. But it's, 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 it's a broad platform. I know a lot of us here have like solid social media platforms and that's good. You built your brand. It's good. Put in the word of God too. Let the kingdom go abroad and let everybody see what the Lord is doing. Amen. <laughs> we are almost there. Another thing is that there are some people in the church. All these I'm saying are not points. They are just random stuff about soul winning. So there are some people in the church who may think that, okay, I've come to the church, I've been warned, but you feel like it's like nobody's holding you or nobody's checking you out. Or you feel like you are alone. Or you need somebody. They are the leaders here. You can talk to anybody. If you feel like, Charlie, I need somebody to help me. I need somebody to hold me. I need somebody to direct me. You can talk to anybody. The only thing is that don't... <laughs> there has been instances <laughs> where people use this as an opportunity to be leeches. Yeah, if you know what a leech is. You know what a leech is. Blood sucker. But um, God knows your heart. Genuinely. If you think that you need any help. Or you need an assistance. Because you may be here. Maybe you think that your soul winning process is not even complete. Even you the one who is here. And you need to get to a certain level of completion. You feel, you feel like you are lost at a point in time. You can... Talk to any of the leaders or anybody, pastor, any of the leaders that you think that uh, this person can help me. Even if the person cannot help you, the person will give you to the right person to help you. We have the outreach team, uh, Shepherd Kokus and then Shepherd James, who, is, who are not here. Ah, James is with them. Oh, James, yeah. I forgot to greet the people online. <laughs> Greetings to everybody online. Yeah. It's nice to have you online too. Um, so that's how it is. The soul winning process is for everybody. And it's not something that you give up You give up on. For me, try and win so every time, everywhere, every day, every time, with every chance you get, with every platform you get. You have to let the world know that you are for Christ and you are with Christ. And if you think that maybe your past will drive people away because there are some things that you've done. Be unashamed. The past is the past. You might have done some things that are wrong. So there are some people that maybe you have had some relations with and then you have to go evangelize to them again to be like, ah, now you are coming to evangelize to me. Be unashamed, I tell you. Unashamed. Yes, yesterday we did something, but today I'm here for you. Yes, that's how it should be. Surrender yourself. 
So be unashamed. Whatever you've done or whoever you've done what with doesn't matter anymore. Today is a new chapter. We start a new chapter today. And today you begin the life of an unashamed master soul winner. And we believe that going forward nothing is going to stop you because you know that even if they have to beat you they will catch substance and beat substance in your place. You will not take the lashes even if you drink the poison. If you drink the poison I beg you. If you drink the poison you will not die because God is there with you. Miracles will follow you. Signs will follow you. Wonders will follow you. A lot of things will follow you. And I can tell you that there's a lot of benefits in soul winning. The me prayers work, but the them prayers work a lot. And it even works faster. Because all your striving and all your wailing and all your rolling on the floor for God and all your challenge, your midnight cries could have just evangelized. And then God will look at the soul and give you what you want. Because sometimes you pray that you need a car. And then God will be like, I call you crime, man, the car will be called Nines Club. Because all you want to do is flex. Yeah, have a car. You will not drive it for evangelism. But if God realizes that you are evangelizing or you are winning souls or you are increasing the kingdom, then all other things are added onto you. The money that you want, you get. Because he knows that if he gives you that money and let's say a sister or a brother needs something, because you have the money, you will give to that person. And because of that, he can even win the soul. Because the person will know that, okay, this Christian is doing this for me. Then let me go and seek the God that this Christian is worshiping. Exactly. So let's try and be more selfless and be more committed to the work of God because we need it. It is very key for us. All your illnesses. God needs that. God knows that he needs you to stand on your feet. So no illness is going to put you down. No illness will put you down. If you evangelize for Christ, you will always be on your feet. Even, even if the devil tries to kill you, you will be on your feet. Nothing will come against you. Nothing will come against you. And I've said this several times that being a soul winner is like executing the testament or the will of Christ. And those, the lawyers and the literature people, you know it. Executing somebody's last will and testament is very key. Those are some of the things that even stand in court. If these are my last words, and then we go to court and the family is fighting over my property. But my last words were like, they should give it to you. It will stand. Because those things are taken seriously. And this is Christ's last word unto us. And he said that signs and wonders will follow you. It will follow you. It will follow you wherever you go. The job that you are looking for, you need signs and wonders. These signs and wonders, he had given us how to get these signs and wonders. But your, your choice is to will and pray. I think there are some principles that we've spoken about already that work in the kingdom of God. And you don't have to do too much. Sometimes we pray and our prayers are in vain. Because God sits there and looks at you and, and be like, Oh, this is my son or this is my daughter. I've already told you to do this. Why are you doing this and expecting to get this? He has told you to evangelize. He has told you to win souls and signs and wonders will follow you. But you said no, you are busy or no, you are shy or no, you don't want to be called a Christian boy or a Christian girl. So for you, you will stay in your house and pray 
and then you use the anointing oil on you. Every day you are bathing anointing oils like something, like fish. <laughs> fish about to be fried. But the direction is there. You have been given the direction. Simple, straightforward, follow it. As we said, something like seed sowing and then getting back, those are principles that work. They are principles that God has put in the world. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you do so winning, you are loving your neighbor as yourself. Because you know that you have been won. And you don't want, when we say your neighbor, it's not people living next to you. The whole world is your neighbor. People in China, people in Vietnam, people in Turkmenistan, Israel, Palestine, they are all your neighbors. So <laughs> don't think that the next person is your neighbor only. That's why the evangelism has to go abroad. We have to go far. We have to go very far. And Grace Army is going to go far. Because if you look at our mission and our vision, as Pastor said, sorry, no, we can never build enough churches. Even if you are building 5 million churches, Charlie, we will build. Uh, people come and say that, oh, there are too many churches. Because there's one here, there's one here, there's one here, there's one here. How many, when you go here, you see that people are still home. But there are churches all around, but people are still home. That shows that the work is not easy. And the work is not that small. And the number of people we need to do the work we need every one person to do the work. Every person to be involved. But sometimes um, you, feel like, you feel like you are too big. If you look at somebody like Paul. Paul was literally snatched. Paul was literally snatched. Because Paul was going about on his own things. But even with him, his soul still has to be won. Or had to be won. Because he had to be nurtured. Somebody had to take him through it. It's not like... Yeah, he was just snatching. Then the next day, he started going to Corinth and started doing all the stuff that he was doing. So even even Paul's soul was one. Even Paul's soul was one. Sometimes God Himself may do some of these things, but we need to do our part. So assuming that Paul, after all that God did, the person who was supposed to take Paul through the process also decided not to do their part. That means that you've wasted God's efforts. Imagine a whole Paul not being one. Can you imagine? Church of Corinth, Church of whatever, what, Ephesus, all of those things. Imagine. Imagine. But this person did a one-on-one with Paul and then Paul did the rest. So maybe your, your part is just to do one with one person. I've forgotten. There's this, there's this preacher. I've forgotten his name. Who won this other preacher and that preacher won thousands of souls. I don't know if you remember his name but I've forgotten. This one of these white preachers. That other person's job was just to win this one guy. Just this one guy. And that one guy won thousands of souls. So imagine, if it was like those who were around doing Max International and all those things, it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> That's how so winning is. It's literally a pyramid scheme. So you win, the person wins, the person wins, the person wins. Pyramid. That's how it should be. So the aim is to broaden the kingdom of God and keep the kingdom of God alive. Yes. We need it to be. We need it to be. And we don't just need Christians. That's why you have to nurture people. We don't just need people who call themselves Christians. Because there are some people with the name Christians. As people will say, I don't want to go back to this example, but I, I, I still need it. Sorry, Patricia. But they will say I could follow this building a cathedral, but still... Kufado is building a cathedral for God, but still. Sorry, Patricia, sorry to you too. 
Yeah, so people make all these examples that, oh, uh, it's the Christians who are, who are still destroying the world. Even the Christians, they are doing this. See the Christian. Yesterday I was on social media and I was just following this uh, Israel-Palestine thing. The one guy was like, the Christians, they like lying. My ex-girlfriend is an example. They are always like the people who follow Jesus. That's what the person said. The people who follow Jesus, including my ex-girlfriend, they all like lying. But that's not the story. We believe you are not liars. Christians are not liars. Christians are not liars. Unless you label yourself as a Christian, because I can call myself a footballer, but I don't play football. It doesn't mean you're a footballer. You are just labeling yourself as a footballer. It's just the same situation we have nowadays with this gender people where males are calling themselves females and vice versa. Recently, there was a category in swimming that was open for transgender people. And they were told to register. But guess what? Nobody registered. They said they want to register as males or females. But let me move on from that. That's another topic. So yeah, people may call themselves Christians. They may label themselves Christians. But probably their souls are not really worn. Maybe they are at the initial stages. Maybe they are some incomplete stage. They were not nurtured well. That's why we need to nurture our souls from the start to the end. You need to make sure that the person is fed by the word and if possible, physically. You can feed the person if you have money, if you can afford it. And make sure that the person is grounded in Christ. The foundation that you have that is helping you to be able to access or open multiple doors in the word of Christ. You should be able to lead this person to the same thing. So souls have to be nurtured properly so that in the end, we have Christians who do not come out as just a label, but properly want souls. Properly want souls. That's why we need all your time and all your dedication. And that's why you have to learn the word. That's why you have to be unashamed. That's why you have to be committed. That's why you have to be selfless. Because you need all these things to win the souls. Can you be on our feet?